Kojo, good evening to you and welcome. Thanks, Ayabonga. How are you doing? I'm well, thanks. Uh, and uh, quite an interesting one, Kojo, because I remember not so long ago, uh, you know, uh, uh, we'd... Uh, you know, we're sitting on different sides. I mean, I think you you were the one interviewing me, uh, yeah. and uh, so uh, great pleasure for me to to be sitting on the other side. Let's maybe, uh, I guess, start off here, Kojo. What do you make of the announcement that came through from Caxton yesterday? Uh, I think a lot of people uh, weren't really shocked. Uh, they were expecting this uh, to uh, some degree, and uh, some people feel that this might have brought forward a decision that Caxton would have made anyway. What is your view on this? Uh, to be honest, it's, it is it is kind of what you're closing off there in terms of. Um, I actually wrote something on it today where I was where I was kind of just reflecting on on how the pandemic and the lockdown uh, to a certain extent has allowed allowed businesses maybe to start to offload parts of their operations that that they were struggling they were struggling to maintain. Um, and within the media space, uh, you know, like you were just saying, uh, magazine in particular has struggled. I mean, this is it's, it's not news to anybody. Mm. It's struggled for the last ten years. Um, last yesterday was Caxton. Last week, Associated Publishing said they were closing doors as well. Um, they're the publishers of Cosmo and stuff. Uh, so I think it's I think for a long time people could paper over the cracks. And what the pandemic has, has really done and what the lockdown has really done is that it's made it so much harder to really paper over the crack, cracks. Mm. And, and, and people are now taking, I mean, this is obviously speculation, uh, a little cynical, but people are now taking advantage of a very unique situation to, to make, make some hard decisions. Mm. And Kojo, let's maybe, I guess, unpack you know, some of the key operational drivers that got you know the traditional uh, print magazine platforms to where they are now i mean this is certainly not a challenge that is unique to the caxton uh, stable we saw something similar happening with uh, uh, a magazine that you were involved in at some point yeah. uh, and then that's destiny and we, we've seen something similar uh, with other more uh, recognizable international titles as well the first part uh, i'd like us to maybe take a look at is circulation um and uh, you know the key role of distributors uh, in that entire value chain and uh, what that has meant in recent years with competition coming from digital platforms? Well, I think, I mean, look, in terms of circulation, in terms of being able to get publications out, that hasn't been the bigger, the bigger problem. Mm. I think the bigger problem has been just the cost and the structures that you have in place to be able to produce, for example, print magazine. Um, print, print costs are some of the highest costs when it comes to print magazine. So, you know, already you're, you're dealing with something that's bulky that needs to be distributed. But, I mean, the way the country is set up, if you look at bookshops, you know, your exclusive, your CNAs, your petrol stations, etc., um, they're, you know, two, three players that handle distribution and they have a network that goes wide. Um, I think the bigger challenge has been, and, and this started when I... When I first started at Destiny Man in 2010, so already took 2009, 2010, there was this discussion around print being dead and digital being the future, mm. um, and it was a very simplistic it was a very simplistic view because what what print was losing in revenue um, from advertising it was not making up in terms of from a digital perspective. Mm. You know, if you remember the early days, it was you know digital was banned. So, you know, if you're selling a full paid page ad for, you know, 20,000 rand and a banner, you can run one, two banners on your site and it's a thousand rand. 
uh, you know, already there's that total discrepancy between mm. what, you, what, what you're losing and what you're earning. Sure, sure. Um, and, and which is why even globally, uh, there's, there's been a drive to diversify, you know, diversify revenue streams within a, a publishing house or mm. within a media company. What does that look like? I mean, the, I guess the non-content side of, of the revenue mix. And, and, and how many people have been able to do that successfully? Uh, look, internationally, I think some people have, uh, but also it is constantly shifting and it's constantly changing. So if you look at, for example, New York Times, where they put content behind a paywall, and therefore, you know, people are paying for the right to access all of their, all of their content. You have subscriptions, uh, newsletters, for example. Right now, newsletters are people are generating revenue from newsletters, podcasts, etc. And, and that's from an international perspective, particularly from a U.S. perspective. Mm. It, it becomes challenging when you come to our side because, you know, as it is, we're not, we're not prone to registering for sites. Yes. You know, if, you know paying 50 rands or 100 rands a month um, for a site is not something that, you know, we're, we're dealing with that 100 rands mm. for, the, for the majority of our people is, is a lot of money to be able to just throw at, you know, throw at a, throw at a content platform. Mm, and we certainly hate paywalls. That's if there's anything I've seen. Uh, I mean, people get really pissed off uh, when yeah. uh, when you know paywalls put up uh, that prevents them from being able to see whatever content that uh, they've managed to see on their timeline. Kojo, exactly. I, want us, I want us to pause here for a second, and when we come back, I want us to talk about the other side of uh, the equation, which is uh, some of the media buys and some of the behavior that has happened there. Because right, I cool. think uh, a critical part of this is really to try and unpack uh, the different constituent parts of this value chain. And uh, I think a big chunk of that also has to do with the shifting uh, preferences and tastes and uh, uh, decision-making matrices for many of those who buy media space on behalf of brands. We'll continue with that. I'm in conversation with Kojo Bafo, and we'll continue with that on the other side of this. 23 minutes it is after 8 p.m. It's our Tech Conversations, which uh, we bring to you every Wednesday, unpacking some of the key developments uh, in the uh, technology ecosystem and the impact that it has on different parts and segments of our lives. And I guess the big uh, story coming out in relation to that uh, has been the uh, discontinuing of a few magazine titles uh, under the Caxton stable. And I'm joined on the line by uh, Kojo Bafour uh, to uh, speak about, I guess, what... Uh, uh, all the factors that influence viability and sustainability uh, when uh, one wants to undertake a publishing enterprise. And uh, I guess the other dimension of this, uh, Kojo, is um, the preferences and maybe even the behavior and uh, decision-making matrices for uh, some of those who buy media space on behalf of their brands or clients. And even, I guess, uh, as is... Uh, quickly emerging, also the brands themselves who increasingly are going directly uh, to uh, many of the platforms, uh, 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 the content and broadcast platforms themselves uh, to try and uh, have that interaction and skipping uh, historically what uh, would have been seen as uh, the middlemen uh, in that process. Talk to me about what you've seen. Uh, You've certainly been uh, around the block uh, for long enough to have uh, seen some of this technical and structural change happen and how that has influenced the appetite uh, for certain kinds of mediums on the part of buyers? Well, I think, I mean, I think it boils down to, let's call it the human element. So you, you have the different, like you're saying, the different kind of, the different parts of the value chain, whether it's the buyers, whether it's the brands, but also the people that run the magazines and the people that create the content. Mm. And in a country such as ours, that is still very stratified, that's still very divided. 
um, and the transition that happened over the last that's happened over the last 20, 25 years. Um, I personally find that, well, I personally found that a lot of people missed the mark. Um, it's it's like the story of the you know the the ads where Abu Mama always dancing, right? Mm. Um, or you know, it's the stereotypes that sit within 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 your ads. And and to be honest and to be frank, I found that even when working in magazine, a lot of times that's what you are uh, that's what you're 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 bumping your head against, particularly when you have a predomin- predominantly black or market of color. Mm. Um, so what happens is that you know you're positioning content in a particular way that resonates with with your community and your audience. Um, but the people that are the people that are looking for the space, whether it's buying the space, the people that are uh, controlling the publications themselves, uh, the people that are looking at the advertising, don't understand the nuances that you are dealing with. Mm-hmm. And, and that has, I personally believe, that has had a significant impact on, on magazine in this country. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I guess the other question, uh, just as we wrap up, Kojo, would be what kind of consolidation do we expect after this particular you know, economic shock that has happened, not only to uh, you know, the media sector, but all sectors across uh, uh, you know, the length and breadth of our economy? Uh, what do we expect here? We often see in some sectors that uh, after a shock of this kind, uh, there is some consolidation. The bigger guys you know, eat up the smaller guys and... Uh, uh, you, you end up um, having a situation with much smaller but more dominant players in that sector. Uh, is there a scope or even uh, a likelihood that uh, the same might happen in this space? I think there's an opportunity to reset and re refocus. So within the media space specifically, I mean, yesterday morning I woke up and I was like, this is actually the perfect time to create a media company for the present and the future um, because you're not dealing with legacy. So if there's consolidation and that will probably happen and people will probably, you know, things will move across, uh, but you're still dealing with something that is at its core a little broken. Um, so I, I do think this is an opportunity for us. I mean, it's not every sector, but I do th- feel there's an opportunity for us to, in essence, control our delete and, and kind of look at these things with a, with a fresh eye, taking into consideration, you know, how our world has, changed so drastically in a very short period of time. Mm. Kojo, thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us thank this you. evening, man. And, uh, uh, and uh, thank you so much. Cool. And we're going to have to leave it there. That there was uh, Kojo Bafour, and uh, former magazine editor himself and uh, uh, prolific content creator speaking to us this evening uh, here on Metro FM Talk. We'd love to hear some of your own perspectives on uh, what you expect to happen. And also, as I said yesterday, some of your own memorable uh, recollections of uh, many of the magazines that are set now uh, to go out of commission. I certainly remember a lot of the uh, Bona publications and some of the key features there, including uh, you know cartoons and uh, all of the nice short stories uh, and, of course, uh, uh, all of the great features that they used to do and uh, certainly had an interesting uh, food section as well, uh, Bona magazine, and uh, it's certainly going to be a loss uh, in the uh, public cultural life of this country.